It's too, uh, that was super lame. What's going on, guys? Once again, viewer request for my beautiful singing voice coming at you again. It is Ty from the Finishing Podcast, the unofficially official podcast of all things Miami Dolphins, and I have a surprise. We're not talking about Deshaun Watson this fucking time. And it's also three episodes in one week. I spoil you sons of bitches. And I hope you always remember that. Anyway, so as you can tell by the title of this episode, we're going to get a little bit of controversial going on right here, right? A little bit of controversy, never hurt nobody. You get you get two free songs downloaded on the SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. People are, people are making fun of me already. Anyway, so why am I proud that we went 10 and 6? I'm very proud of the fact that we went 10 and 6. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, first of all, when this season was, you know, projected in the offseason, which seems like a decade ago, but it was really just a year. Sweet Jesus, what 2020 did to us and what 2021 is continuing to do. Um, it's basically just 2020 part two electric boogaloo at this point. Um, but when you look at it, we were rejected to get anywhere from like three to four wins, right? Three to four wins after we went five and 11. It's fine. That's fine. I'm not salty. I'm not pissed. You know, we won five out of the last seven the year prior to this season. It's totally fine. I'm not pissed. I'm not pissed at all. Not at all. Right. And then we go 10 and six. And we had a shot at the playoffs, and I've been saying it all season, and I've been saying it pretty much till I'm blue in the face. I look like that purple bitch that ate the, like that bubble gum in Willy Wonka. Like I'm just a big ass blueberry <laughs> at this point, um, because I've said it so many times, but I said it that if we made the playoffs, that's cool. If we don't, cool, right? You have to trust the process. And that's the thing about this, right? Is that a rebuild, most importantly, not only is it, you know, getting the right people in and things like that, but it's really a process, okay? And you have to embrace it. Stop me when you, you know, heard something that I've already said in prior episodes, right? That this is a process and it's going to take time, right? And I hear people saying that the rebuild is already over. No, the rebuild is just a little bit ahead of schedule. I'm not saying it's a fluke. If it is, that's a really cool fluke to go 10 and 6. If 10 and 6 is a fluke, shit, I can get used to that. Okay. Um, you know, being on the, you know, first of all, the AFC is just a very competitive, you know, conference in and of itself, right? The AFC East was actually up for grabs for the first time with the departure of Tom Brady in New England. Obviously, the Bills took care of business, and they are going to be playing the Chiefs tomorrow as of the time of this recording, which I think that'll be a fun little matchup. But the reason why I'm so proud of the fact that we went 10-6 and six is 
you know, you see some rebuilds that take forever, okay? And I'm not saying our rebuild is over, right? But you see rebuilds and you see total overhauls that have kind of the stagnation that kind of happens somewhere in the middle. And it's usually from year one to year two. And that's really how you can gauge what a rebuild is going to look like, is how are they going to do moving forward? What's the transition like from absolute bottom of the barrel to the year prior, right? And we saw this happen before with our first quote unquote rebuild way back in like 2008, 2009, when we went one in 15 to 11 and five and making the playoffs. Obviously, you know, we made the Wildcats super popular with Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams, you know, tandem back there. But the reason why I'm proud of the fact that we went 10 and 6 is just because of the fact that one, not only did we beat expectations that once again, I hate that. I hate the fact that people outside of the organization, people that see Miami objectively, which isn't bad, right? We need that, right? We need people that, that see this, you know, objectively. And am I a little biased? Obviously, this is a fucking podcast about the Miami fucking Dolphins. So, yes, I'm biased. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Right? So, I'm glad that we beat expectations. And, you know, did we have a little bit of help? Right? Especially going into this offseason. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a lot of help. You know, um, I'm talking about the Texans and Bill O'Brien being a fucking idiot. That's what I'm talking about. Because... I swear to God, we're the only team that has ever gone 10 and 6 with a winning record, right? Finished second in our division when we've been bottom of the barrel in the AFC East for the last 10, 15 years, right? Give or take. To have the third overall draft pick. Like, holy shit. You know, I understand we had to give up a lot, and that's what you do. Right, you in, in, in a rebuild you get rid of what is not working and you start from scratch, and that's exactly what you know Coach Flo has done. You know, with all of the cuts, all of the roster moves, it's equal to that of when Pete Carroll took over in Seattle. And we're kind of seeing that, right? The first thing that Pete Carroll did when he first got to Seattle was he overhauled the entire roster. Right? I think in the first two years that Pete Carroll was in Seattle. He made something like 135 roster moves, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that number. But either way, it's a shitload. Okay, it is a shitload of roster moves that Pete Carroll made, right? And then not only that, Pete Carroll started with the defense first. Obviously, we had the Legion of Boom, which is my personal favorite kind of defense. Um, The Legion of Boom was fucking incredible. Um, But I really do... I am super proud of this team for going 10 and 6 because, you know, there are so many teams, there are so many players, right? Because look, let's face it, you know, no matter who your favorite player is, nine times out of 10, these professional athletes could be kind of fucking divas. All right, like, let's just call it what it is, right? And we have fully embraced the culture shift, the player's mindset has been said and that's really because coach Flo is really a people's coach right he's a player's first coach and John Calipari great coach in the NCAA talked about that in his book literally called players first that I just finished reading I highly recommend you pick that up 
um, especially if you're trying to coach different individuals. Um, but it really starts with the players first. And not only has Coach Flo set the culture and the mentality, but the players have bought into it, right? And I'm particularly proud of the overall, you know, just advancement, right? Of doing what is best for the team. Yes, we made some controversial moves. We got rid of Laramie Tonso, who was arguably, you know, a franchise tackle that fell to us in the draft, you know, a few years back. We got rid of Minka Fitzpatrick, who just got nominated to an All-Pro with the Steelers, right? You know, we we signed a 37-year-old quarterback, right, to lead a team. You know, we've made some controversial moves. I'm not going to doubt that, right? But also at the same time, these exact controversial moves. The, you know, the Dolphins front offices, specifically Brian Flores and Chris Greer, have really been playing like chess while everybody else played checkers. Okay. Because we signed Fitzpatrick and everybody knew, including Fitzpatrick himself, exactly what his role was on the team. Right. Win us, you know, you know, just establish a winning culture in the first year that he's here. Because we thought, hey, maybe we'll get the Rosen one. Maybe the Rosen one will be the heir apparent. That didn't happen. Okay. So then we got Tua. And Tua is learning from Fitzpatrick. And that's what Fitzpatrick was brought in to do. Right? Like, for God's sake. You know, and not only that, just the defense side of the ball as well. We're starting to see that chemistry. And there was chemistry, you know, not immediately from snap one. But by week three... We had that shit turned around. Okay, the first two weeks, we looked sloppy as hell. I ain't gonna lie to you, Chief. Chief, we looked pretty fucking rough the first two weeks. But we turned it around literally as early as week three in the season. From a team chemistry standpoint. And you could see it, right? Because, yes, it's a little awkward, right? Not having a, you know, the typical offseason, you know players having to do zoom meetings and socially distance practices which i don't know how the fuck that works right so it's the season has been anything but ordinary and you know given all of the cultural circumstances that have surrounded the season given all of the health the injuries you know the the drama of the season we did really fucking well at 10 and 6. Okay. You know, all of the adversity, all of the controversy, all of the, you know, there was never once during last season's offseason and even heading into this season's offseason, you know, that's that's a tongue twister to say. This season's offseason. Um, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> There's never been, you know, an inkling of doubt really as to where the direction of this team is going to go because Miami's kind of been a wild card when it comes to the offseason we make a lot of controversial shit in the past you know we've we've done some controversial deals that everybody's like what the fuck like what the fuck are they doing like it's never really been a win now or total rebuild we've never really embraced a total rebuild we've always kind of just settled with mediocrity and people called it at that and it's amazing to see that culture shift you know, that has been instilled and pretty much ingrained into everybody's head at this point. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about is the unfair criticisms 
of Tua, right? Surprise, we're talking about my boy. Uh, <laughs> surprise, shawty. Um, I know I talk about Tua a lot. Obviously, he is my favorite player in the NFL right now. Um, I love that man. I have his bobblehead that I'm currently staring at, and goddammer, his eyes gorgeous. Um, I may or may not have a man crush on Tua Tungabailoa, but I'm seeing a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? Not opinion. There's a lot of criticisms for Tua that some are very fair and some are absolutely absurd. Um, I got one the other day in my Instagram DMs that was beyond laughable, um, where somebody said that Tua showed no ability to maneuver the pocket. Um, he can't get reads to get the ball out. Um, and his accuracy is horrible. You know, he was often confused by defenses. Okay. And, you know, and then they went on to claim that Fitz came in and, and quote unquote, balled out. Um, you know, then they backed it up with saying that they had the same weapons. The only variable was the quarterback. You know, that it's obvious that the only issue with the offense is the quarterback, not everything else. They then went on to say that, but if we need three all-pro receivers for Tua to even be playable, then there's something wrong, right? And then they went on to completely criticize what I said, which I'm totally fine with. Once again, I'm up for this kind of a dialogue, right? They said that Watson had no weapons this year and put up some of the best numbers of any quarterback this year. When you're picked at, which is totally fair, absolutely fair. I will not fault you on that, right? When you're picked at five, you should be a weapon, not the other way around. Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and dissect this, right? So the first thing I want to talk about, somehow Deshaun Watson somehow fucking creeps back into my fucking podcast. Get out of my head. Um, So talking about Deshaun Watson, yes, he did put up absolutely remarkable numbers, right? With lack there of wide receivers. Cool. I'll give you that, right? He still had Will Fuller. He still had Brandon Cooks, right? Cool. I'll give you that. Those are two very good players. Will Fuller is just entering his prime and Brandon Cooks is slowly declining, but he's still a fantastic athlete and a fantastic wide receiver. Okay. Which is a lot better than throwing to Lynn Bowden and Malcolm Perry and Mac Hollins. Okay. I'm just saying that, right? No disrespect to either one of those guys, but it is not the same. Okay. You know, Watson, no, he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And Watson shows that he's still a great quarterback, and he is. He's very talented. He's a very talented quarterback, right? But he wasn't plagued with injuries the way that we were. He wasn't playing behind three offensive rookies on an offensive line. They had a better, even though they had, you know, fucking in super old David Johnson, right? They still had a more balanced run-pass game than we did, okay? So... There's a lot of things wrong with that statement, right? There's a lot of things. So, so, so we just talked about that, okay? We talked about the unfair comparison between him and Watson. Now, I want to talk about the unfair comparison between Tua and Fitzpatrick. Completely unfair, right? Here's why. And I've said it a thousand times. I'm blue in the face. Here comes big blueberry bitch, right? Tua's a rookie. And Fitzpatrick has been in the league 
for 16 fucking years. Let that sink in. 16 fucking years. This dude was drafted into the NFL when I was nine. Okay. Of course, you are going to see very harsh and stark differences in their play. You have somebody who has taken, you know, a couple of games versus somebody who has been doing this for 16 years. Okay. The other problem is the fact of just the play calling with Chan Gailey was a problem. Okay. It was. And I've gone on record saying that multiple times. Okay. And I am not the only person that has said that. That's pretty much a universal thought. And let's just, you know, for the sake of calling a spade a spade, right? Really, when you look at it, Fitzpatrick has been with Chan Gailey multiple times, multiple seasons. And really, when Chan Gailey was first hired with Fitzpatrick as the quarterback, the offense was really structured around Fitzpatrick and for his skill set. Once again, you are trying to fit a square block into a circle hole. Tua is not Fitzpatrick. Okay, and it's the other way around, right? I love Fitzmagic. I'm, you know, a lot of people think I hate him <laughs> because I don't talk about him. I don't hate Fitzpatrick. I love Fitzpatrick, right? You know, for God's sake, you know, I made a huge post with the Miami Miracle, you know, 2020 edition, right? I love Fitzpatrick, and I'm not saying anything bad about Fitzpatrick. I'm just saying that, look, there are some things that Fitzpatrick does not do the best, right? Like I've said a thousand times before, he's a natural born gunslinger, okay? He will make you gasp in amazement either way, whether it's a touchdown or an interception. He looks incredible doing it, right? <laughs> you know, and speaking of the offense, just while I'm, you know, just while I'm here, um, we have hired offensive coordinator Charlie Fry from Central Michigan to be the quarterback's coach. Which is very cool because that means that the old quarterback coach, I believe his name was Robbie Brown, um, who was actually brought on under a recommendation by Chan Gailey, has also been replaced. So that is very cool. So now that means the development of Tua should be even better, right? Because that's what we're all hoping for. And so I've already talked about why it's unfair to compare him to Deshaun Watson, two completely different archetype players in two completely different situations with probably the worst run franchise being the Houston Texans and a franchise that's finally on the up and up for the first time since the 1970s and 1980s in the Miami Dolphins, okay, where the city actually loves us. We're slowly becoming a football city again and not a basketball city like we've been since like 97, right? I've also talked about our depleted wide receiver core with injuries on multiple occasions on the show, as well as the whole running back room not really being the best or at full strength. You know, it's impossible for me to really understand people's thought processes when they watch our games, right? They watch what we're able to do on offense, defense special teams literally the entire game it blows my mind how people can come to such an uneducated opinion because that's really what it is 
is it's an uneducated opinion. And once again, there's nothing wrong with you having those opinions. For God's sakes, that's why I started a fucking podcast. <laughs> right? Is, you know, just these, these uneducated opinions saying that Tua is the problem. You put any quarterback in the position that Tua was in with a terrible offensive coordinator who is well past his prime, riddled with injuries in both the wide receiving room as well as the running back position, the fact that we're bringing up people off of the, you know, free agent block very late into the season, undrafted free agents that we just so happen to find diamonds in the rough, right? I don't think anybody can succeed in that. I'm just going to be honest, right? You put any quarterback in that situation, they're not going to succeed because that's the thing about a rebuild, right? The rebuild is all about finding the right pieces together. Like, like I said, it is a process, okay? So you have to figure out what works and what doesn't. It's a process, okay? We're not going to be good overnight. We have to get the right pieces in. And unfortunately, we were plagued with injuries. But with that being said, the reason why I'm so proud of this fucking team is the fact that we were able to overcome those and still come away with a winning record in games where we were, yes, we were outmatched. And honest to God, it would, you know, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and dissect this comment here. Okay. Once again, it, I'm, I'm not going to say your name on air because that's, that's private. I don't give a shit. Okay. But you were at least a man enough to say it. And I'm proud of you. Right. But, you know, when you say that Tua was inaccurate, I'm going to go ahead and say that's bullshit. Because, you know, his pocket presence was, has been, and always will be one of the best, you know, qualities that he has. He showed it at Alabama. He showed it with three offensive rookies on the offensive line. That was pretty patchwork. People were moving positions all the time like it was a game of fucking musical chairs. And the floor is lava combined at the same fucking time, right? It's, it's crazy, okay? Nobody's going to do well in that system, okay? You know, those, you know, they're not points of weakness. Everything that he said prior, right, were not points of weakness where he talked about, you know, the, the fact that he's not able to maneuver in the pocket, he can't make simple reads, his accuracy is horrible, and he was confused by defenses, right? Those are all not weaknesses, right? And look, I'm going to give you fair credit, right? You're totally right when you're talking about the fact that he's confused by defenses at times. I'll give you that. At times, he looks confused by defenses. But once again, here comes Blueberry Bitch. He's a rookie, okay? I find it very shocking that people are alarmed by the fact that a rookie quarterback is struggling to read an NFL defense. I find that absolutely hilarious. Like, what? This isn't a game of Madden, bro. Okay? <laughs> if I had a camera, I'd be looking straight at you. Which I might start doing. I might start having a camera. So you can see my beautiful face. Right? But Because I'm one handsome motherfucker. Okay? So, I'm also very humble. Um, This isn't a game of Madden, bro. Even though I understand Patrick Mahomes and everybody makes it look like it's a game of Madden. It's fucking not. Okay? Look at what the Bills did. Okay? The Bills are the perfect example of a rebuild. And everybody was calling Josh Allen a bust. Guess what they did? They found the system that worked the best around Josh Allen. 
And they got Josh Allen weapons. They got him fucking Stefan Diggs. Yeah, it cost him everything but the kitchen sink, but they fucking got him. And he's the number one receiver in the league. And they're probably the best one-two combo that we've seen since Steve Young and Jerry Rice. Okay, like, let's just call a spade a fucking spade. They played absolutely out of their mind. And you want to know why? Because they found the right scheme that was right for Josh Allen. Tua has not been playing in the right scheme that is right for Tua. Okay, and not only that, but there is a huge lack of weapons for him to utilize his skill set for and to use his skill set with. Plain and simple. Like, let's just call a fucking spade a spade. Okay. Oh, listen here to you, mother yucker, you. Okay. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Right. And I don't want to sit here and talk too much shit about Fitz again. Because I do love Ryan Fitzy. I really do. You know, yes, he made an incredible comeback, you know, in Las Vegas to really put us in the, you know, win in your in situation against Buffalo. Okay. But I feel like people are giving him just a little bit too much credit. Um, you know, he also, with that being said, with that miracle that he threw against Las Vegas, he also threw the interception against Denver. Okay, so I'm just saying, you gotta take the good with the bad. Okay, he's not this perfect quarterback that this man is making him out to be as if he is trying to replace Tom Brady. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. No offense to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Once again, I love him. Okay, I respect him. You know, and the thing is, is when it comes to really... What the big issue is not only having, you know, lack of weapons and big time injuries and just relatively just one of the youngest teams in the NFL period, right? Turnovers are really what killed us, okay? And Tua did a great job to make sure that we didn't have a lot of turnovers. He was very conservative, which you want for a rookie quarterback. There's nothing wrong with playing conservative, okay? If you're Matt Ryan, it wins you an MVP. Okay, there's nothing wrong with being conservative, right? But everybody wants to see the Electra flying, right? The live die gunslinger like it's the fucking West and we're Clint Eastwood and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, that's not how this works. Okay, Tua is playing his game the best that he can in a system that really is not built around him, nor does he really understand all of that well. And I'm not saying that he's incomparable, right? And he's incapable. Of incomparable is a word I just made up. Don't look it up. It, it's a real word. I just made it up. Um, that he's incapable of understanding an NFL offense, but that's gonna take time. Okay. Right. You don't go from algebra one to fucking physics. Right. You just don't do that shit. Okay. Best example. How'd you do when you went from middle school to high school? It's pretty fucking hard, isn't it? It's pretty fucking hard. Right. It's not a smooth transition because once again this isn't the game of madden <laughs> okay where you just automatically come in and you can just adjust your stats and oh yeah now we're good to go we can play like it's madden 05 with 99 overall mike vick right that's not how this works okay this is a multi-million dollar athlete that is doing the best that he can and he did a really fucking good job of it right given what he had you know what i mean he took a stagnant offense. At times, he looked fantastic. Other times, he did struggle. I'll be the first person to admit that. And I have, right? There are times where he could not get the offense going. Absolutely. Once again, 
it's more than just him as a player. You have to look at what's being called. What's the play that's being called? What is the personnel on the field looking like? What I, you know, what is the defense? And that's all going to come in time. Okay. This is a huge transition. You're going from riding a tricycle to driving a Ferrari. Okay. It's a massive, massive transition. And the same individual also said that he wants to would to be a future Hall of Famer, and but he's afraid he's already a bust. That in and of itself makes no fucking sense. Either you believe in the kid or you don't. You can have doubts, absolutely, and I'm not saying that you're not allowed to have doubts. But if you do, have some education about it, <laughs> right? You want him to be a Hall of Famer, but you already think he's a bust. How the fuck does that make sense? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, like just saying that out loud makes me physically cringe because, like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. You know what I mean? You want him to be a Hall of Famer, but you don't want to wait for the process to be completed in order for him to become a Hall of Famer? Huh? You know, and I think a lot of people were expecting when Tua came in. And here's what I hate about other people's expectations. I hate that shit. Especially when it comes to unfair criticisms of a young rookie quarterback who is uber talented. And the reason why we took him at number five and why we tanked for two years for him. Right? I saw have a tank for Tua fucking t-shirt. Okay? That I wore with goddamn pride, motherfucker. Jeez, uh, <laughs> we are swearing a lot today. Um... Hide your kids. Because apparently I have 9% female viewership. So, uh, what's up, ladies? <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, what up, dude? But, you know, I like long walks on the beach. And, uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. I'm Elvis Presley. Um, it's a totally unfair criticism, you know, of a very young, talented quarterback who didn't have a traditional offseason that, you know, all of these rookies have had in years past, you know, who's coming off of a huge injury that almost ended his career into a system that is not designed to utilize him the best with no weapons, a stellar defense. Yes, did he did he ride the defense to wins all the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't fault him for that. That's the defense's fucking job. Okay, we... My bad... That Brian Flores and Chris Greer managed to build an incredible defense that fits their scheme perfectly. My bad. Right? Because that's Tua's fault apparently too, right? It's like those thanks Obama memes. Thanks, Tua. Oh, Xavier Howard had 10 picks this season? Thanks, Tua. Thanks, bro. Like, it makes no sense, man. You know, just these uneducated opinions. I don't know if they're trolls. I don't care. If they are, congratulations, you got your airtime. I'm proud of you. Here's a clap. Um, one clap for you. One clap, sir. Only one. But that's the thing, right? And that's why I'm so proud of this team, you know, and why it's no longer shameful to wear Dolphins memorabilia in public anymore. Like the other day, granted, I was dressed like a college fucking sophomore, but I actually wore Ryan Tannehill jersey. For the first time since I probably bought that shit. It still had the old logo on it. 
Okay, like that's how old we're talking this jersey is like at least four or five, maybe six years, right? But I wore that shit with pride, bitch. <laughs> because we're on the upswing and, you know, we're totally embracing the process. We're not doing it Philadelphia style where that's all we're saying is trust the process. Trust the process. We're saying it and we're doing it. You know, we're actually... <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus, can we fix that in editing? If not, you just heard me cough and sneeze at the same time. It's kind of weird. It's like my head just took a screenshot. Um, it's fucking weird. <laughs> um, you know, we've got the right personnel that's finally in a competent front office. We're really just looking for the best offensive coordinator. And I've already made my quotes about that. Um, you know, in, in a previous episode. So we're in the right direction. And, you know, when it comes to unfair and harsh criticisms, you're allowed to have opinions. Please have them. I want you to think, okay? I want you to not just say what I'm saying and just regurgitate it and then just, you know, be like, yep, you know, if I'm wrong, fact check me, okay? I'm not perfect. I'm a fucking 25-year-old idiot, <laughs> okay? Like, I, I... I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, okay? I just figured out that we could add background music on this shit, which you may or may not have noticed throughout this episode. If you are, I'll give it about five seconds for you to listen to it right now. Isn't that shit fire? It's fucking great. Um, but that's why I'm super proud of this team, right? We don't have a lot. We don't have a whole hell of a lot. But by God, are we budding. And we've got the right veteran leadership, the right veteran mentorship for this very, very, very young team. I think we're the youngest team in the league, second only to Jacksonville, which that should tell you something because they went one in 15. Okay. That's a totally different situation, but I am super proud of this team for making do with what we had and excelling in that. Okay. The future's bright future is very bright and i'm excited to see i can't wait for draft night i can't wait for draft night i wish it was here already we've got like another three four months i can't wait for draft night to see what moves we're gonna make right i'm excited for free agency see who wants to ride with us? I'm ready for the Deshaun Watson saga to end. It seems like it's kind of cooled down a little bit. Really, that he's going to go to maybe the New York Jets. You know, who knows? Right? Who knows? Speaking of that, that actually reminds me. I was about to wrap shit up. No, 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 no. Strap yourself the fuck in. Because here we go. The other part <laughs> is going back to my addressing the rumors episode, which, by the way, popped the fuck off. Thank you guys for that. I guess it's like TMZ. You guys thought I was in trouble. Like I showed my dick to someone on the internet. Didn't do that. I have not done that. You, Anybody who has seen my balls has too much power. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing, right? One of these players came out and said, well, yeah, we have to compete with the likes of Mahomes, Jackson, and, and Josh Allen, right? And once again, that just furthers my argument of look at the weapons that they have right then look at the weapons we have 
Hello? Oh, sorry, that's just an echo because it's the same fucking thing I've been saying. Right? We don't have the weapons that these other quarterbacks do. Not only that, these quarterbacks have been in the league for... A lot longer than fucking Tua has. A lot more than nine fucking games. I'm just saying. Okay? I'm just saying. So, give this shit some time. I do appreciate the uh, the DM, though. I thought it was my first ever hate mail. I got kind of excited. I was like, ooh, my first death threat. I got kind of excited. Um, not gonna lie, I kind of tingled a little bit. Kind of got a semi. I was like, oh, yeah, first hate mail. Couldn't wait to open that shit. Um, so send me hate mail. <laughs> send me death threats, please. Do it. Um, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I should not say that. That's how you get demonetized so fucking fast, yo. But if this podcast and if this episode has made you think anything, if I'm an idiot, if I'm educated, if I'm none of the above, if I'm some 25-year-old looking to kill a hobby on a Friday, you're absolutely correct. And I hope I made you think. So let's have a dialogue. Let's have a dialogue in the comments. Tell me what you think. Do you think the future is bright for Miami? Do you think that the rebuild is officially over? Let's talk about it. Let's discuss. And always remember, if you are on Apple Podcasts, remember to hit that subscribe button. Rate five stars at the bottom. Me love you long time. I drive out to your house and kiss you on cheek if you do. Um, if you're on Spotify, remember to hit that follow button. Anywhere that you're listening, I am just so glad that you tuned on in to listen to this idiot ramble for what is about 40 minutes now at this point. Thank you so much. I love all of you. Even the haters, because if I have haters, that means I'm doing something right. I love all of you to death because I'm able to sit here and talk about the Miami Dolphins, my favorite team. Ah, I love it. It's the best. As always, thank you for tuning in to the Finish It podcast, the unofficially official podcast of all things Miami Dolphins. My name is Ty, and I will catch you next time. And as always... God bless and go Miami Dolphins.